Super Talk Mississippi media production. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman Woo! here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are always glad to be with you guys here at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting your podcast from. We appreciate all our listeners, especially the servicemen and women who take care of us every day. Hope you guys are getting ready to come home and have some time for the holidays. If you are going to be in Starkville for the holidays, well, there's no better place to get your holiday on than Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Some of their new uh, Christmassy flavors, the winter blueberry or sweater weather, or as we're calling it here on this show, liquid Christmas. And I still we, think that's better. And we have a redesigned uh, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Shane has kind of redone it a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, apparently, maybe it's even... Better looking and maybe easier. I don't know, but I, I well, think he went in and redid it. Either way, you can get your fix of blueberry cobbler as I'm enjoying currently. Yes. Uh, I would, you know, personal favorite of mine. By the way, this was a free one. Your name was not on it, uh, whoever gave it to me. It's been there for a few days now. So if that was you, whoever you are, much love to you, bro. There you go. Or sister. Yeah, check, check them out online if you got a coffee lover in your life or even if, you know, you're some hot chocolate or they got all sorts of stuff there. So check them out over at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Also, friends over at College Corner uh, will be uh, the place to shop this holiday season for the Bulldog, Golden Eagle, Rebel in your life. You know, if, you, if you're as unfortunate to have some of those, I don't. May have lane train gear. Who knows? I'm going off the rails on the lane train. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, we're going to talk about that a lot. But anyway, <laughs> we'll see if they can go off the rails. They might. Uh, but also check them out at collegecornerstore.com or either one of their two locations uh, in Ridgeland. They're over by Fleet Feet in Flowood. They're over by uh, the Half Shell. They've got the biggest and best selection of merchandise in this state. And also, like I mentioned, our good friend and host will be at the College Corner on Ridgeland uh, on Saturday. So stop by, see him. And be sure you tell him how much you enjoy Thunder and Lightning. Yeah. Okay, now we're on to something here. Yes, if we could get some of that, that would be fantastic. <laughs> we could make that happen. I enjoy... Thunder and Lightning. Are there any other podcasts to listen to? Do you know of any? Tell him that. And uh, yes, but of course, you know, while you're there, shop their fine merchandise and pick up something for the uh, the Bulldog fan in your life. Let everybody know you're a Bulldog with a purchase from College Corner. You know, there would be no Boneyard if not for Thunder. You uh, thought about that? Didn't, I mean, you gave him his first platform for for the podcasting world. Well, I mean, it's not like you know, I I I. It's not like I just went to him. It was a mutual thing. He wanted to do a podcast. I had the podcast network at the time, and we we, we had to actually, you know, I don't know if you know this, we had to bury a hatchet because, you know, he and I did not get along in the early days. You Uh, don't say. I'm very much like an acquired taste. I'm I'm like beer. (laughs) Nobody likes the first sip of hate ahead. I've never had any issues with you, Brian, from day one. Well, they'll come at some point. Uh, But, yeah, we we were able to bury that hatchet, and we had a, a great, we still have a great relationship. He's a good friend. We're talking about Steve Robertson, of course. Stop talking in code word here, and yeah, and uh, yeah. So his podcast does well. Our podcast does well. There, I've always said the same thing about the podcast, and, and really the coverage. That there's really no need to be have rivalry amongst us mm-hmm. because there's enough pie for everybody. Listen to everybody. Yeah, every you know, there's, there's MSU fans crave information. Yeah, he's about thirty or forty five minutes. We're thirty or forty five minutes. There's you an hour. Listen yeah. to one on the way to work, one on the way home. You know, you know how many miles I walked today, by the way, to get ready for this dinner. We haven't had the dinner yet. I, I will have to update tomorrow. Ah, uh, five, six and a half. Whoa. So, 
My, my, made, I, made I'm allotted. Room. I haven't eaten anything. Today. Made some room for the Walter Payton. I, I'm, brother. Allotted, I'm allotted 3,500 calories today. So I bet you're going to make I'm me buy gonna, every one of them. I'm probably going to go over that. To be totally honest, that's with okay. You. That's fine. Uh, Looking we'll, forward to it. We'll update on the dinner tomorrow. The, the time you listen to this, it has already been consumed. Probably, yeah, most definitely. So, uh, all right. Last week we asked the question: What does Matt Luke's dismissal mean? Uh, for Mississippi State. We tried to answer that question. Now that Ole Miss has a coach, I feel like it's only appropriate to ask the same question again. What does Lane Kiffin's arrival, what does his hiring at Ole Miss mean for Mississippi State? I think the first and foremost thing is this. I thought Matt Luke did a good job of holding that program together. Mm-hmm. But any coach they hired was probably going to be an upgrade. I mean, it was they were going to have to really try hard to not upgrade from Matt Luke from a head coaching perspective. Lane Kiffin is certainly that. He will make that program better. That's Agree. a That's a fair uh, assessment. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's any doubt when you get a guy of Lane's pedigree. Look, if you're a five-star recruit that lives in, I don't know, Texas, who are you more likely to answer the phone for when you look down and see? Matt Luke or Lane Kiffin? Yeah. He is going to get in the door with some folks because he has name brand value. You know, he, he there's some sizzle with that stake. Matt Luke uh, loved Ole Miss and, and all that whole nine years. That doesn't necessarily mean that you're a good head coach or that you're going to find success. Lane brings a lot of things to the table that, that Matt Luke just couldn't bring. Yeah. And uh, I think there is a – there's a legitimate, I think – I don't know if fear is the right word. If you're a state fan, there's concern now that Lane is going to be able to break down some doors that Joe Moorhead couldn't break down. You think that, that's fair? That's a very fair uh, concern that 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 Kiffin will be a, a guy who can out recruit um, Joe Moorhead. Now, a lot I mean, of it, Lane has all that. I mean, he has the SEC experience. Yeah, he has, he has SEC head range. coaching experience. Yeah, he has a lot of things. He has NFL head coaching. Yes, experience. he has a lot of things that. You know, and, and this isn't a knock on Joe. He, he just doesn't have right. They're, they're they're positives. They're positives on Lane Kiffin's resume. Um, and of course, we have to. We don't know what his staff is going to be yet. But I will say this: I saw the numbers from uh, that Brian Scott Rippey tweeted out. Their their assistant coaching pool is five point three million dollars, and their strength coaching pool is two point two million. That is a lot more than Mississippi State's paying. And I don't know for I don't obviously State doesn't have an offensive coordinator. But I believe Shoup's salary, not talking about what he makes total, you know, and that's what these numbers, the $5.3 million, that's, that's what Ole Miss is coughing up, not what the Loyalty Foundation up there. So this is not what the, the Bulldog Club is coughing up. I think Shoup makes like 500000 a year. So what that, that tells you right now is that Ole Miss could pay two coordinators a million dollars a year each and still pay the other eight coaches they're going to have to hire about 400000 a year each. So Ole Miss is... Position coaches are going to be making close to what state's defensive coordinator is going to be making. I mean, they're going to be able, with that kind of money. That's a lot of money. They're going to attract some some decent assistant coaches. And my guess is, with knowing Kiffin and knowing the way he likes to do things, he's going to focus on recruiters. So I think the recruiting. You know, and I'm not going to go down the road of well, you know, <laughs> they're going to come out of that window at some point. But he's going to hire guys who can go out and get players. Now I think this year. He might be a little late. Uh, you know, the, the signing day is now, you know, we're, we're, a week and, we're a week and a half out. And this year, you know, I, I, it, Emmanuel Forbes already said he's shutting it down. Dylan Johnson has shut it down. 
McKinley Jackson, uh, I think, released a top five or, or something. He didn't have Ole Miss in it. Josiah Hayes looks like he's looking for any reason not to go to Oxford. Uh, I don't know if he can do it this year, but in the years to come, they're going to they're going to have some success recruiting. Yeah, you know, I think that's fair. And back to rewind just a second. You were talking about state salaries and shoop salaries and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm always hesitant to talk much about that because, like, when I when I information request those contracts and stuff, all I get is is what they are paid from the university in. Right. So, like, shoot, if it's half a million or whatever it is, mm-hmm. that and that's what it says. Right. I mean, there could be another million coming from the private money. Right. I, I don't know what, what it but is. It's safe so to I'm assume, always hesitant It's safe to, talk to assume about that, that whatever Ole Miss is giving out is also supplemented by private money. Well, a lot of times, like, uh, when they give you these handouts, like Brian Scott Rippey, our good friend, Super Talk, you know, he posted mm-hmm. the picture of the handout that they were given. Um, for Lane Kiffin's compensation terms and stuff, sometimes those will include all everything kind of deal. If if it, if that's the case, Mississippi State fans better hope that's the case. I would say, you hope that that's the total number. Yeah, because if that's just what the university is willing to pop out, that's a lot of money. Yeah, if, I mean, you could easily pay a couple of. You could almost be pretty good paying a couple of guys one point five at the coordinators. Yeah. I mean, and, and they said I, I think they've said McIntyre is going to stay, and he's making a million. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be. And I say all this because, I mean, you know, whenever – I mean, when Joe got hired, uh, Bill gave us a, a handout that had Joe's total compensation. Yeah. I mean, that was total. That was university total. plus Bulldog Club. Plus, that was all of it combined. And so I wonder if, if that's not what Ole Miss has done there too. Speak, I, I, who, quick, who knows? Real quick, but, speaking of compensation, Strasburg has agreed to a deal with the Nationals. Let me – I haven't seen. All right, good uh, guess. He's a pitcher, so something. Um, eight years. And how much money? Am I right on the years? No, but give me a guess on the money now. I was gonna say like two sixty. Seven and two forty-five. I was in the ballpark. You were in the ballpark. Gosh. <laughs> I don't know if you. And speaking of compensation, we'll go back to to Moorhead. Now you know it depends on what the Arkansas admits to or tells us they're gonna pay Sam Pittman. But right now, as it stands, before Pittman's contract is signed, Moorhead is the second lowest paid coach in the conference, only ahead of Mason. And Mason's numbers are sort of murky. They're murky. Who knows? Vanderbilt is a private university. They don't have to release yeah. anything. I think the article I read said they basically looked at Vanderbilt's tax returns and were able to figure it out. Uh, and they had him at 2.8. Moorhead, I think, after this year is at 3.1. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about – Second lowest paid coach in the conference. I mean, just from a perception standpoint, not great. Now, I would not 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 to tell you that I think Joe Moorhead deserves a raise. I don't think that at all. And I, I will be, you know, if he gets one in this next contract extension, I'm going to have questions about that. But it does make you wonder if Moorhead doesn't work out, and you got to hire a new coach next year. You got to think you're going to have to pay close to what you're paying Kiffin and Ole Miss, which is four million dollars a year. Well, I think it depends on who that is. Lane Kiffin brings a pedigree with him. I agree bit. with that, but if you're Mississippi State next year and you, you get rid of Moorhead, you have to find a coach with a pedigree. Yeah, but I, I'm saying, like, if you bring in Billy Napier, I don't think you pay him what Lane Kiffin's making. Let me tell you why you might be wrong. Missouri has hired Drinkwitz. Oh, gosh, yeah, I saw this. One year of head coaching. He took over a stacked team and deliver, he delivered on it, you know. But that team was already good. One year as a head coach, they're paying him $4 million a year. You know, and yeah. somebody made a point. I forget who it was. They said this. They said, you know, if you got a guy who's got one year of head coaching experience and he's not willing to take three million dollars a year, 
there are other options. There, there, there's, there's other coaches out there. Uh, Billy Napier's one of them. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, right now, I mean, $4 million is going to be about the baseline. That's going to be towards the bottom. That's Mississippi State's next coach, I won't, if, if he's not making $4 million a year, well, then he's going to be another questionable, you know, not, not questionable in terms of, you know, I don't think it's a good hiring, questionable in terms of he's never done it before. Well, I don't think there's a question that State can pay that because they I did. Either. I don't think there's a question. That, it's, <laughs> it's not, just, it's, it's, it's not, will they, it's will they pay that? Well, it's dependent upon who you get, I think. Because I, quite honestly, I think it's is absurd it? that, that Missouri's given $4 million to drink. That's my point. Is it is it uh, dependent on who you get? Because apparently it's not. Apparently, that's going to just be the, the price of poker. Or you could just say that the leadership at Missouri don't. I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing. Well, but they were desperate. I think. Yeah. They didn't want to get up. They didn't. You want don't to end want to end up, up in Arkansas. an Arkansas situation. Surely Arkansas won't pay him more than three million a year. He was making nine hundred thousand as a as the assistant head, associate head coach at Georgia. What was Morris making? Do you know? Oh, I don't. Uh, you don't have to look it up. It, well, I'm it, because it, now you got me. Uh, you, you, did you see where he might end up, by the way, Chad Morris? Auburn, saw that. Might up, he the, signed the a six-year, $21 million deal. So that's three – that's almost – Between three and four It's million. like three and a half million a year, something like that, without doing the I math. can't imagine they're going to pay him any more than three million, the, so, the new guy, who I so, can't even – who I've already forgot his name. Yeah, um, Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman, thank you. Um, we'll see how that goes. So, yeah, I, I can't imagine. But but back to the, the, the genesis of all this. Right. Everyone – the concern here is that Ole Miss has a splash home run hire that's going to work out, and State stuck with Joe Moorhead. Isn't that the basis of everyone that's probably listening to this? Is there, there is concerned? a there is you know, and I, I don't know how large it is, but yes, there is a there is a portion of the MSU fan base that's down today uh, because they wanted Joe Moorhead out, they didn't get that, and now Ole Miss has a new exciting today. Ole Miss has got the headlines, you know, because it, not only did they hire a new coach, but they hired a coach who's a media darling. The, the the national media loves Lane Kiffin because he's he's great for quotes. He's snarky, you know. He 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 he's a young guy. He he has a sense of humor about that, which I'm you know I'm cool with. Yeah, I, I'm you know I really wish Dan Mullen was still here because the trolling between those two would be epic. It'd be fantastic. Must watch television. Um, but yeah, right now everybody is is sort of on board with Lane Kiffin. You know, but here's the deal with Lane Kiffin. We've talked about it. We talked about it before. Ole Miss's schedule next year is brutal. Mm-hmm. If they win five games, he's done a fantastic job. You know, in reality, they're probably another four-win team. It's just a question of how much better are you. You know, can you just be competitive uh, in some games? I don't know. Well, the, you know, there sort, were, sort of the same questions I had about Matt Luke this year that he wasn't able to answer. Yeah. I have for Lane Kiffin next year. Well, the thing you can say for Ole Miss is at four and eight, they were pretty competitive. Four and eight, they were. You know, I mean, I. Just the fact of the they, matter. They, so. need, they need to do the same thing we've talked about with Joe Moorhead. They need to win a game they shouldn't win next year. And that could be Mississippi State. You know that that's the thing for next year. Remember Freeze's first year? They were five and six coming into the Egg Bowl, and yeah, they had played better at times. But at the end of the day, that you thought they weren't very good, and then they beat Mississippi State, and they beat a good. I mean, it was a good MSU team. Yeah, and they and they beat them pretty easily, and that turned that that turned the whole perception thing, which. We all know. Yeah, the thing right now is, is everyone is concerned that Ole Miss has the. It's like if you have a a, a a good solid pickup truck, and your neighbor next door just bought the, you know, 
what's a what's a fancy car? I don't know. It's but, a BMW. But, yeah, but but, but that's what's happened here. And up the road, sits the you know right next door sits the guy with the BMW, and you and you got your truck that you're having to take to the shop every couple of weeks to get something kinked out. So that, that's kind of the fear right now. Well, what if that 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 fancy new BMW runs off and leaves you while you're stuck with your pickup truck that well, you're kind of dis- not, disenchanted it, with. It's not even, yeah, that's the thing. It's it's not even that you, have, you feel like your vehicle's reliable. You feel like you should be in the market for a new vehicle, but you're not for whatever reason right now. And, and that's something, you know, results are going to have to bear all this out. Now, here's the thing. The other thing to remember is that, and I'm probably going to sound like a lot of Ole Miss fans when Dan Mullen was here, but I have to firmly believe that Two or three good years at Ole Miss, and somebody's going to come knocking on Lane Kiffin's door to take him to a better job. Now, I think I've said this before, and we said I know I said it on Sports Like Mississippi, you can't be afraid if you're a program like Mississippi State and Ole Miss of being a stepping stone because it means the coach won there. Nobody, nobody's, nobody's moving to a better program if they did your program wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, right now, Joe Moorhead can't use Mississippi State as a stepping stone, and he can't take off to a better job because he hasn't done a, a good enough job here. If Kiffin goes, you know, five and seven. To seven and five to nine and three, and then he takes off. Well, Ole Miss is going to be in a good position in all likelihood to hire another good coach. And same thing with Mississippi State. If if Moorhead comes out next year and goes nine and three, and then decides to leave, State's going to be in a good position to hire a new coach. But I think that the the chances for long term success as Lane with Lane Kiffin as your head coach are, are slim. I don't see Lane Kiffin. It's twenty nineteen. I'm not going to still be talking about Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss in twenty twenty five. Probably not. And I think that's a, I think that's a very fair. Again, I'm trying. I'm really trying to straddle the bias. But I feel like that's a fair song. Yeah, because either he's gonna be a complete and total flop, and they're gonna get rid of him, right. or he's gonna find success, and he's gonna find somewhere else to go. Because the Lane Kiffin that everyone knows isn't one to just, you know, say this is where I'm ending my career. Right. <laughs> he's not exactly a settler. Um, I don't know. You're right. I would be surprised. Extremely surprised if we're sitting here in five, six years and Lane Kiffin's still the head coach at Ole Miss. Right. Um, but there is a there is a chance here that, that he's going to go up there and find a lot of success. And it just is what it is. They made a good hire, and at least I think it's a good hire. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they, they have completely – Ole Miss, to me, with this hire, completely – I don't, don't want to say reinvented itself. They made the splash they needed to make. They made the make. splash, and they've kind of gotten away from their – NCAA problem doldrums a little bit here. They, they've kind of bro- broken that's, that's the. Very fair, they've yeah. kind of broken the mold. You know, Matt Luke was a holdover from Freeze, and there were still all that those ties to that crap. And now it, it's like they pushed the reset button a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it, it's. I know it's hard for uh, folks riding down the road and you know ringing your cowbell and wearing your maroon to, to be objective but if you can take it off for just a second and just look at Ole Miss as just a regular old football program that had NCAA issues and everything else they this finally, was this they was a, shook a, a great hire for them to, to kind of erase right. some of that I agree with move that. forward here's a quote from Kiffin we didn't come here to be good we came here to be great Ooh, know how that goes <laughs> like that's a that's a difficult path Lane be careful uh, here's where I think Lane Kiffin's immediate impact will be felt. 2021 recruiting. Look at the top six players in the state. A lot of receivers. In that five career, receivers and a quarterback. What does state need more than anything? Desperately. Receivers. receivers. And right now, I mean, Deion Smith has already flipped to LSU. I mean, unless LSU picks up a bunch of – I mean, he's a – He's the number 90 player in the country, number 16 receiver in the country. Yeah. 
So unless LSU picks up three of the top 15 receivers in the country, which is possible, not to not narrow that out, but he's probably going to stick. Uh, Isaiah Brevard already, you know, he's at South Haven, not, not a school state's had a ton of success at. Antonio Harmon is at Kosciuszko. That feels like that's going to be a back-and-forth thing. Jacoby Moore at Harrison Central. I think people feel pretty good about his state chances there. Brandon Buckhalter is already committed to Ole Miss. Interesting kid. He, he plays 1A academy ball. I mean, he, you talk about somebody who should be dominant. Um, and then Ty Keyes is the quarterback. He's the number four player in the state. Uh, the state feels like they have a good chance with him. But state needs receivers. But Lane Kiffin has a reputation as a passer and a, yeah. and a that's where it's going to hurt. Yeah, because that's where Ole Miss is going to get probably two of those kids, and I don't know if State will get any of them. Yeah, and had had Ole Miss retained Matt Luke, they weren't, and, and had they went down the route of John Rice Plumley is going to be their quarterback and run, 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 and just try and throw a little bit. You would have to think that's not very attractive to those right. top tier receivers. Th- th- this flips, this flips that, that script. Yeah, I agree. Um, so yeah, it, it's it gets Ole Miss back in the game with those guys. Um, I don't think there's any dancing around it this was an outstanding hire for Ole Miss and and I it definitely look, yeah I, I don't know that uh I don't know that Lane Kiffin's a better coach than Billy Napier mm-hmm. but had they hired uh not Billy Napier excuse me uh Mike Norvell yeah I, I don't know that that Lane Kiffin's a better coach than Mike Norvell mm-hmm. but had they had Ole Miss hired Mike Norvell there wouldn't be this buzz Lane right. Kiffin is a name that brought buzz and headlines and saw a great great post I, I forget what the message board was on they said Kiffin's – they're downplaying Kiffin, which, you know, he has – his record is not as great as his hype is. Yeah. I will grant you that. But they said, you know, he's a guy who just keeps getting jobs because of his dad, which means he'll fit in perfectly at Ole Miss. <laughs> I thought that was funny. That is pretty funny. And, and, you know, he does kind of fit the brand, doesn't he? Uh, he is an on-brand hire for Ole Miss. But give Keith Carter credit. Oh, yeah. He had to go out and get a guy like this, and he did it. He had to do it. So he had to do it, and he did it. And if you look at some of their reporting, too, on, on this, some of the, the Ole Miss Beat guys reporting, and I look, I, I read some of Rippy's stuff. I've seen some of Neil McCready's stuff. I've seen some of Ben Garrett's stuff. I mean, I, I don't remember who's reported what. So if anybody's listening, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings with who's reported what. But uh, uh, apparently, you know, there was there were some vocal Ole Miss folks that kind of didn't want to go this route, and Keith Carter basically – Made the decision. No, we're going to go this route too. Yeah. So it, they, they kind of got away from the a little bit the the, the good old boy stigma. <laughs> a little, you know that, that that he showed some. Uh, I guess he showed some cojones a little bit by making this hire. Yeah. Too. So uh, I agree. And he's only been on the job for like a week. Keith Carter's kind of he's been on the job for a week, and he's, three coaches have been fired or mo- made or made resign. resign. Right. Decisive, huh? It's, it's 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 his tenure so far is very interesting. Now. You know, my, here's my question with Carter, and we'll, we'll get away from Ole Miss. We'll get to basketball after this. This is my last question. What if next year State's back in Omaha and Ole Miss flames out in another regional? Now you got a real decision to make. Well, Keith Carter, I believe, was instrumental in making this. They did not roll over Bianco. Right, right. And he made that call. Yeah. So I'm say, I'm going to guess if that's the case, like you just laid out, that yeah. Mike Bianco is in his final season as head coach of Ole Miss if that scenario plays out. Here's what I do if I'm Ole Miss. I'm going to get rid of Kermit, too. I'm going to bring back Andy Kennedy, and I'm going to hire Andy Canizero. <laughs> Kiffin, Kennedy, and Canizero on the square, you'll have you'll have publicity. No, no publicity is bad publicity. That's where I'm going. <laughs> Would you do it? No, of course not. But yeah, I mean Boy, that's, that's a reality show waiting to happen, isn't it? Oh God, it'd be so funny. 
yeah, that that that, that the spring will be interesting for uh, for Andy Kennedy, especially in ter- I'm sorry for uh, for Keith Carter. Also in terms of you know Kermit Davis, if he gets him back in the tournament, talk about somebody who might get a look at another job. But very possible. Hey, so. spe- uh, this is not really Ole Miss, but I guess it has Ole Miss ties. Have you seen the? I don't know if it's rumor. I don't know how much there is. Is Hugh Freeze going to try and sneak into that Memphis gig? I've heard that, and they would be wise to go after him. I would do it. I mean, Hugh Freeze an hour up the road, or if even that from oh, Oxford. There'll be, there'll be some, some, oh, that'd be. Some, some shots. I'll be honest with you. If I'm Arkansas, I would have called Hugh Freeze. I would have done it. And I would have told the SEC, like, you know, kiss my whatever. Like, what are you going to do? We're 2-10. and ten. What sanctions are you going to put on us to make us any worse than we are right now? You know, I would have hired Hugh Freeze if I was Arkansas. No question about it. Uh, let's talk basketball. I guess, do we give like a, I think what I would, what I would say is this. Short-term Mississippi State is going to have to fight a lot harder for recruits. And on the field, we'll have to see what happens. But long-term, it's just a question of can he turn. If he turns the program around, then it's a problem. Mm-hmm. If it's not, if he doesn't, you know, if he goes in there and he struggles, it, it sort of is what it is. And this isn't going to be a popular take, but I just, I still don't think that the book is closed on Joe Moorhead. I think a lot of folks have, have slammed it shut that State is just not going to have any success ever under Joe. Right. I'm not making any bets that they're going to. I mean, I, I see the problems that you all see too, but I don't think that the door has slammed shut on Joe Morehead. No, he could if he comes out and wins eight games next year, and he could, he'll be fine. He'll but be fine. but I think we've said it numerous times on the show. Next year is Judgment Day for Joe. Yeah, there, there is. I no, think after next year, you know, there is no there is no survival for Joe Morehead if he uh, does not deliver next year. It's just period. And. I mean, we'll see where the silly season takes you, but Billy Napier may still be sitting right there for the picking in next all likelihood, year if you, if, if you want. Be. Yeah, in all likelihood. All right. MSU basketball, not a good weekend for the Bulldogs. Lost on Thursday, the men did, and then on Sunday, the women did. Women's game was very interesting. They should have won, but they were, I think, I think they shot 45% from the line. They missed like 15, 16 free throws in a game they lost by five points. I mean, you see where that's going. Yep. Um, the men... Which is what I really want to focus on because Vic Schaefer's team is so young. I mean, he's just playing so many young players. There's going to be some headaches like this. It's just they're still going to make the NCAA tournament. They're still going to be a, a team that competes with everybody they play. But there's going to be some headaches here and there for them. You know, next year, hey, next year and the year after that, those, those teams are, are locked and loaded. They're going to be ready to, to possibly win the national title. This year is, is a rebuilding year, and you're going to have that when you've in in two years you've replaced. Blair Schaefer, Morgan William, Rashonda Johnson, Victoria Vivians, and Tierra McCowan, and Ariel Howard, and Jazz Holmes. And Ariel Howard, WWE superstar potential. Soon to be WWE superstar, no question. So, I mean, you, that's eight players that were fantastic. I mean, what, four of them were all SEC? Schaefer was probably your most, and Johnson were you know, just reliable three point shooters. And then Jazz Holmes, I mean, I think she may have been a second-team All-SEC, just didn't turn the ball over. I mean, that's impossible for anybody to replace. So, yeah, if he takes a step back, and taking a step back for him is losing in the Sweet 16. Yeah. That's what a step back is going to be for this team. But the men, I mean, a more concerning loss for sure. Now, I thought Louisiana Tech was a, a 
they're a quality mid-major team. Well, they're a team that, and I know Ben Howland uses this to death, and he's half the time wrong, but he would he's legit in saying, that is an NC2A tournament team. Probably so. They, they, they lost come, to a tournament. They have a chance to come out of Conference USA for sure. And the other thing that, that they have, and this is something you and I mentioned, I I, I don't know if I mentioned it to you. I, I'm sorry, I didn't. I mentioned it to Tyler Hork. I said, I, love, I don't know their starting lineup, but I guarantee there's a lot of experience. And then their coach came in, who I don't know his name, but he came in, I asked him about it, and he said, yeah, you know, we're a very experienced team. They start three seniors. That is the great equalizer right now in college basketball. When you have a team that, yeah, athletically, that team couldn't compare to Mississippi State. You know, State should have dominated that game. Reggie Perry and Robert Woodard, those guys are far better athletes than anybody on the Louisiana Tech team. But when you play three and four seniors, that's the equalizer. They've just been there before. They've played in these games. They know how, they, and they're not going to give up. They're going to play hard for, for 60 minutes. And if you have any kind of lapse, they're going to take advantage of that. State takes a one-point lead at 55-54. Or, yeah, 55-54. And then literally you blink your eyes and, and Louisiana Tech goes on a 10-0 run. Yeah. That's what's going to happen. They hit key, they hit clutch shots. They out-hustled Mississippi State. State, State should have dominated the boards, and they didn't. They were, they, were, they were minus on the boards. Why? Because the other team played with greater energy. Tyson Carter said it himself in the postgame. They brought it, and we didn't, is what he said. So, uh, but at the same time, that's a ba- it's, it's not going to end up being a bad loss. It'll be a top 100 loss, which for the net rankings is not a bad loss. You know, it won't be it won't be a black mark against Mississippi State. And when you look around the league, a lot of teams are going to have a loss a like lot, that, or, or a lot of teams have worse losses. A than lot that. of those teams already have that loss. Yeah, already have it. Um, but the bright side of this is, I mean, I don't think it's 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 a huge deal. You know, if either. State comes out this Saturday, they play Kansas State, a Power Five opponent. Uh, if they win that game, everything's fine. You know, I didn't think they were going to get through this this off season or this out of conference season unscathed, especially not until Nick Weatherspoon comes back. Yeah, um, and he's the guy who would have been very helpful in both of their losses right now. I mean, if nothing else, never mind what he contributes defensively, ten more points wins both games. And that's what Nick Weatherspoon is all likelihood going to give you. I mean, I'm I feel like I'm I'm underselling him saying only ten. He could easily give you thirteen or fourteen. And when you consider the defense he brings, holding teams off the scoreboard, you know he probably saves another I don't know ten points or so just with his defense. So so I do think that that's a big addition coming back too. So this team, man, that loss the other night I know it wasn't pretty, but it to me it didn't change my opinion one iota on this team. Correct. Yeah. None. Nothing. Nothing changed for this this team. They're still going to be a good team. They're still a Mississippi. They're still probably, in all likelihood, a, an NCAA tournament team. Nothing nothing changed. Nothing changed my uh, my opinion of this team at all. So that said, something Tyson Carter said about their attitude. They do have to start playing, and they've been they've been slow starters. It feels feels like the last two years. They've got to find a way to, and I don't know what if it's just a Mississippi State thing. I don't know if they're just trickling down throughout the athletic department. They're starting off slow. Can't wait to see uh, Chris Lamonis' team come back from a 4 nothing deficit every game. Well, they did that midweeks last year. They remember? did. Like every they midweek, did. they had to come back from 4 nothing. You're time. right. So it, they've got to find a way to, you know, they can't let teams come out to an early lead. This this game was interesting. State was up 10-2, to and I think they missed a 3 that would have made it 13-2. to And at that point, I mean, they're up 11. You feel like, okay, and you know, this game might get out of hand. And they miss it, and then all of a sudden it's 10-7. to and and Louisiana Tech just got back into the game and they 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 found their footing. 
State's got to find a way to start putting away teams a little earlier in the game. They need to turn three- and four-point leads into eight- and nine-point leads. Yeah. And when they can do that consistently, they're going to be okay. But this team is fine. Uh, there are a lot, a lot of a – lot of, and look, I, I hate to be the one to tell you not to overreact because I've made a brand out of it. But don't overreact. You know, in college basketball, look around the SEC. Everybody's losing these kind of games. Auburn that same night – had to go into overtime to beat Furman, and they were down, I think, 13 points in the second half. Had to put on a furious comeback to get that game. Uh, Florida has lost games. Kentucky lost to Evansville. Uh, Alabama has lost games. LSU has lost games. Ole Miss has three losses already. A lot of people were like, oh, Kermit Davis is about to leave State in the dust. They've got three losses, and if Penn State holds on to, what, a 21-point lead? they got four. They're four and four right now, or five and four. So... Yeah, just don't don't overreact on this loss if if that's what you know. And I know it's five days later; you've probably already calmed down. But going now Saturday, if they play poorly again, then you can start scratching your head a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I, I think they're going to be fine. You know, they played really well in this. Remember last year they dominated Clemson up there. How much? Because I think that this kinky, quirky, kinky is the wrong word there. But kinky, quirky was what I was going for, and sure, I busted sure. out kinky, but. This quirky schedule right now is part of this. It's part of I it. mean, they they this Louisiana Tech game is like was their only game within a stretch of like twenty days. Yeah, because and, there and, there was like eleven days leading into the game, and now there's like a a what eight nine day stretch right. after it. I mean, it's it's ben odd. Hallen, ben Hallen sort of explained that to us in that he had gotten the impression that Nick Weatherspoon might only have been suspended for five games. Yep, and had that happened he would have been back for the Villanova game. So they sort of front-loaded the schedule a little bit to try to get those five games done so that he could play against Villanova. Then they found out it was going to be ten games, and it was sort of all for naught. But you're right. They played on what? the? Uh, let me look at the calendar here. It was, I, I know there was an 11-day break right. before the Louisiana They played Tech on game. the 24th of November. They didn't play again until the, the, what, the 5th? Of December, and now they don't play again until the fourteenth of December. Yeah, so it's like one so game in twenty days. One game days. in twenty days. Yeah, not not great, uh, especially when you have a team you know it's, it's relatively young. And you're missing some of your top leadership with Nick Weatherspoon, but they'll figure it out. So, hold on, what is this? Get more breaking Lane, news. Lane Kiffin's first press conference it almost was such a big deal. He had MSU beat reporters show who who went. Who was there? Let's well, see. It's, it's 55 minutes long, so I, I don't have time to watch that. So, <laughs> never mind. We'll see. I, I'll, I'll figure it out later. Well, I mean, you know, we off do... the top of my head, would would they have sent Horka? I don't know. I, I know that in the past, uh, well, I don't think it was that. I was going to say maybe, maybe Ben went because in the past, uh, like Ben Wait. When yeah. he was at the dispatch, nobody, he had to go to Oxford a few tweet, times. He, but, did, he didn't tweet about it, though. Yes, that's why I'm saying I don't think Ben went, so I don't think it was him. I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe Steve went. <laughs> <laughs> Introduce himself to Lane. We coming. Is all he said. To <laughs> I'm coming for you. All right. Could you imagine just the meltdown if Steve and that top hat showed up in Oxford for the Lane that Kiffin introduced? I, I, I would like course. to watch that meltdown. To be totally honest with you, it'd be funny. Yeah. So. We forgot one football nugget, by the way. We did. Kylan Hill, first team All SEC. Yeah. Chauncey Rivers, second team. We talked about that on the show. Uh, would he get there? And uh, I think you know, DeAndre Swift, you know, he got didn't have a great SEC championship game, didn't have a great game against Georgia Tech. So I think that helped. And you know, Kylan finished the season really, really strong. So congrats to him. We'll see what the coaches say. But yeah, first team All SEC. First one since Dixon in 09. Really? Yeah. Wow. First first teamer. I would say like. Eight, eight, ba- first AP first teamer. Ballard wasn't a first team? 
Uh, second team. Wow. I, I, I was assuming Josh Robinson wasn't. And then Aris probably not. And Josh was, I think, a second team or two. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Congrats for Kylan. Uh, we'll see what ha- where it takes us. All right. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings. You know what to do. Get us your questions. We'll be happy to answer them. And uh, we will uh, figure it out from there. Guys, have a great Tuesday. Back with you on Wednesday. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.